0: Okay. All right, we're, all right, we're live. Woo! It's been a while. Woo.
1: I know. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Well, welcome um, to Sound Engagement, everyone.
0: Welcome to Sound. <laughs> welcome to Sound Engagement. Yes, That's I know. It's, it's been it's been a while. Once you tell, well, you and I have been pretty busy. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's
1: it's just been yeah. a whirlwind couple of weeks for us. I know. I don't know. If we want to get into it, but we had a uh, we got COVID in our household. My wife was, uh, tested positive. We had other family members that, um, that tested positive. And then, so instead of us going to church, um, and not really sure we we w- went ahead and got tested, um, and just had Carrie got tested and, and, uh, she had a few days where she was out and, hmm. um, and, and then she felt, um, you know, she had like a fever, um, and then she, she had a cough and she still kind of has a little bit of a cough, but it's, it's not at all. Um, it's not that bad anymore. And okay, it, it, it was, it was good. It was, it was pretty, pretty harmless for her. Just kind of a typical, mm-hmm. um, bout with the flu or something, although we don't get the flu a whole lot in, in our household, but if we did, mm-hmm. it would be about that kind of um, reaction. So anyways, what's, what's frustrating though. And I, and, you know, when you don't have a really traumatic experience with it, it, I feel like people expect you to say, you know, something very, really minimal about it. Like, well, you know, we were one of the lucky ones and, 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 and just to minimize the, you know, the fact that it was like, it was, it was pretty small and it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, And, and yet if you have a really traumatic experience, of course that gets blasted everywhere and everyone needs to know how dangerous this thing is and and the devastating consequences it's going to have and how much we don't know about the virus and blah, blah, blah. You're supposed to just be in despair. And it's like, it's just adding to the fear factor. Um, You can't even talk amongst your friends about it in a way with, that, that kind of minimizes the fear you You're supposed to stoke the fear. You're supposed to say, Oh man, it was, it was miserable. We had, you know, we had to lay in bed for a few days. Um, It's like, I don't know that that's, that's a little frustrating because just on social media, you know, you couldn't, it felt like you couldn't really say anything about it without offending people. Interesting. Like even, even though you had it, you couldn't say, but
0: yeah, you might, uh, yeah, you might make Johnny over here really angry when
1: triggered. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. and that's and the thing is, no one is saying that it's not uh, having the devastating impact on some people, right? I mean, like, but if if it doesn't have that impact on you, are you free to be thankful, or are you supposed to just I don't know? It, it just it, it just felt very um, dis- discouraging. Like you, you couldn't you couldn't celebrate you're supposed to be you're supposed to be just as frustrated as everyone else with it and I don't know man I we we certainly offended some people um, by by not taking it as uh, or, or not being as careful um, and I don't know I'm not really like I I've, I wish I wish people didn't receive it that way that wasn't the intent in talking about it like that it was sort of like hey we've got immunity at least for a, a season. <laughs> we're excited mm. about, we're happy to have that. Um, and that it didn't have a huge impact upon anyone in our home. And that's extended family, everyone that, that was impacted by it. They, they had to lay low for a few days. And, and then, you know, of course we isolated, we did the full, you know, we stayed away from people um, for the 10 days that they request. But mm. All that to say, it it just adds to this season right now, and kind of the topic that we're we're going on uh, today with, which is sort of hope for the weary. It feels like you can't be hopeful. Hopeful is a bad thing right now. You should just be despairing, and um, or if you're hopeful about anything, it's like the wrong things. <laughs> be hopeful about Joe Biden coming and fixing things. Uh, you can talk about that kind of hope, but. Mm-hmm. anyways i don't want to yeah no. yeah well i mean i think that we we
0: have some justification to feel uh lack of hope and especially you know where we're going where we're heading because of what you're saying you know it's like you know it feels if it does feel less hopeful maybe we should talk yeah do you do you want to jump right in, i mean do you want me to jump in or you, you want to jump in what we're going to be talking about today i mean i'll, yeah, I'll let you yeah minute, yeah that is kind of for, I am, I am actually curious though. Like who did you have without, t- you don't have to share names, <laughs> but who did you yeah. offend? Or was it was like people on Facebook or something or was it just uh,
1: yeah, general? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, the, we had to take a, uh, my wife had to take a post down because she felt like it was just stirring up too much um, friction with people <laughs> and it wasn't the intent. She, she, you know, she was posting it kind of, saying, why are we, why are we locking everything down? Why are we exacerbating the problem? This is, you know, mm. uh, for the vast majority, this is this is not going to be something that's gonna wipe you out. You know, you're, you're gonna get through this. And yet it was like, well, you're one of the lucky ones. And kind of a reaction of sort of like, well, wait till someone in your family dies and then you can say something like hopeful. It was like, whoa. I, mm-hmm. that, that wasn't the intent mm-hmm. but uh that's oh that's okay maybe maybe it's um maybe, maybe it's that
0: just, person was expecting like a, a thank you for for wising yeah. her up to um yeah probably yeah yeah we should send her a thank you card whoever it was <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. well <laughs> i mean no, unfortunately yeah. it's like it's a mixture of family and close friends and you know sure. so we, yeah. we're not trying to stir it yeah. more than we already did but it, it was, it was just not received. And, and I think it's indicative of the, just the, the, the nature of discourse right now. Um, mm-hmm. people, people want to, if, if you're not being, um, if you're, if you're taking COVID in in a direction that's, you know, if you're kind of treating it differently than, um, than the mass mainstream media, you're going to get pushed back for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you're at all talking about political things that are, that are outside of the mainstream media, it's just, I think, I think there's a lot of people that, that are accepting what, what they're hearing on the news about everything, you know, Mm -hmm. about the -hmm. the good intentions of, of liberal politics or the good intentions of, Mm. you know, critical theorists and, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, so we could obviously yeah. go in a lot of different directions on, sure. on the topic. But well, I kind of want
0: to, yeah, I want to segue right into that because I think one of the things we, you and I just, just said, you know, literally a few hours ago we miss our fan base and we miss all of you all and Mm -hmm. feel free to comment and say something and love to, love to hear what you have to say. have a few, it looks like we have a few, yeah, some people on already. Um, But I I thought I would, I, we would talk, I thought it would be good for us to talk about just feeling weary and feeling hopeless and feeling alienated and isolated because I think everything that you're saying also can um, that kind of pressure also does seem to cause a lot of despair. And a lot yeah. of discouragement for, for quite a few of us. I, I posted something uh, recently on uh, just how many friends uh, have been lost through political discourse in mm-hmm. ways that have never been that, you know, I don't think anybody has seen that kind of, this kind of division uh, since probably 1969, 1968, according to my uncle who was in Vietnam. You know, he mm-hmm. he said that even during that time, there was some kind of unity, you could kind of get together. but. Wow. I and mean, we should probably kind of talk about some stuff. I mean, you know, what is uh, – because I think, you know, the Bible does have a lot to say. Psychology has a lot to say about feeling lonely, feeling depressed, feeling weary. Why do we feel weary? Um, one of the things that's been on my mind late recently is the book of Habakkuk, you know, and mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, it just, I just I, – I love that passage where in the first four ver- verses, he is just uh, – crying out uh, to God, why are you making me look at violence? Why are you making me look at things that are very uncomfortable? Why are you, um, you know, uh, why are you causing, not hearing the cries of the, of, um, of, of the Israelites. And, and, I mean, it's, it's really kind of an interesting passage because Mm -hmm. the first four verses uh, he's, he's very discouraged. And, uh, you know, right after, he says that God obviously comes down and he talks to him and he engages with him, but it's not a, it's one of those passages where, um, you know, I love it because I think Habakkuk is very, he's feeling stuff that I think a lot of people right who are Christians are likely feeling right now. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, what's, what's, what's really kind of discouraging right now is that, you know you have what looks like it's going to be a very unjust government that's going to be taking over and people in power are less apologetic than they ever have been um in our whole lifetime whether it's uh trans just you know helping quote kids transition hmm. uh, when they're six-year-olds or seven-year-olds i would you know whether it's um uh defunding the police uh we're talking about uh, aligning you know People who are in power aligning themselves with Black Lives Matter, who basically has has made a whole platform on slandering our police officers. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and we have really, when I'm looking at this, what's going on, I mean, I have nothing in common with a lot of the people that are in power. And uh, it's not like Tulsi Gabbard, uh, you know, somebody like her. I like her a lot. You know, it's not like people that are good blue dog Democrats who really want to fight for, you know, the middle class and the unions. And you and I could... know we can maybe disagree on certain policies but we 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 have a lot more in common with um the people that are going to be in power soon um really do want or want policies that are likely going to administer a lot more evil and Mm -hmm. and what habakkuk is saying is how long do i have to cry for help i you know you think of the unborn um a lot of the things that were done uh in the past four years have been amazing for the unborn that's all likely going to be completely awashed the law is paralyzed, um, Habakkuk was crying, um, you know, why is it that you've grown numb to the Mosaic law or to the God's law? And, and in today's context, I guess you could say just law in general, cause we're not in Israel. Um, yeah. and why does justice just kind of go forth, not go forth perpetually? Uh, and, and he's asking some really good questions and he's saying, you know, the wicked surround every, all the people that are righteous and, um, Babylonian, Babylonian culture is taking over and, uh, he is discouraged. And Mm. I think, you know, just kind of talk a little bit about that. Like, uh, man, it's, it's discouraging. And and I think it's easy for us as Christians to, you know, start to question, well, what's the point, you know, Mm. and like what you're saying about critical race theory, we've had, you know, I mean, we have had people that you and I have strongly, strongly trusted all of a sudden just full go full woke. Um, buying into all of the crap that's coming out from, you know, the BLM movement and everything else. And there's no discernment whatsoever. I've got, you know, we've talked a lot about that, a lot of churches that are buying into this. And so you're, you're wondering yourself, okay, here are the churches that are buying into it. Here are Christians that are buying into it. Are, you know, are we, you know, why, why is the unbelieving quote, James Lindsay, who's pointing out significant showing significantly more bravery than most pastors in any of these situations why is this guy supposedly going to hell but everybody else is going to heaven it's just like the the, i think this is really where a lot Mm. of Christians are at right now i'm just feeling very weary and just like man Mm. should we we just practice the benedict option and just uh you know hide and stick our heads in the sand and forget about politics all in general why why speak um so those are just yeah yeah yeah, some of the i think that's that's where the psychology the christians are right now
1: yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot to talk about there. Je- I, I would say I read. Have Have you read the Benedict Option? I have. By, yeah, by oh, Rod Dreher. Okay, I have not. Oh no, I haven't read that book. I've I've read okay. like
0: a summary or something. Yeah, because that's
1: a caricature of the book. Is that he just kind of wants you to stick your head in the sand and and uh, isolate from the culture? Like we've lost the war, so we're done. That's really not what he says. And and yeah. Rod Dreher, for one, I mean, he proves that that's not his worldview in the way that he articulates you know in his articles throughout um i think it's the american conservative where he writes he is he's about interacting with the culture engaging culture trying to push back against some of the stuff that's happening here um so mm. i just wanted to throw that out there i don't i mean i yeah i, I know thanks yeah thanks for that it's Correct. a valid concern <laughs> people make yeah. uh, but i just don't know that it's it's um it's it definitely not what he was going for. His latest book, "Live Not by Lies," is actually really um, terrifying as well because <laughs> he talks about just the the direction that our country is going into—you know—soft totalitarianism. And he compares it. He interviewed a bunch of people um, in Russia prior to communism and just talking about what was their experience. Uh, what was the culture like at the time and, and how was it moving in that direction? How were they basically, um, you know, prepared or conditioned for communism to, to come in and, and take over. And uh, it, it's, it's incredible how much there is of, you know, sort of parallel experiences here in, in America. Um, and, and it's just, it's just evident that, but we're like voluntarily doing this. Like we're, we don't, you don't have to tap our phones. We're voluntarily giving that information on social media. We're voluntarily telling everyone, you know, w- what we think about anything and everything. And, and so if at any point a social credit system were to be implemented, uh, it would be through the social media channels probably. And in fact, those recent like terms of service changes. I don't know if you saw some of the kind of the, no. yeah, no people getting it worked up about that it's because, because they're essentially saying we have access to your camera. We have access to your, you know, that information. Um, You gave us the right to it. And if we need to use it to, you know, sort of promote safety measures, we will do that. And, And so they're talking about like using it to encourage people to wear masks or to find out like, Hey, you're in an area that where a lot of people aren't wearing masks so you can they essentially police people through those m- measures, uh, through those means, and it's it's concerning, um, definitely, to think that that we're we're moving in that direction voluntarily. It's it's you know George Orwell, um, plus uh, uh, Brave New World, you know Aldous uh, Huxley. It's the combination of 1984 happening as well as this brave new world where we're, we're voluntarily taking the, the pill ourselves and, you know, we're entertaining ourselves to death, uh, uh, amusing ourselves to death, as Neil Postman said, um, right. kind of putting ourselves in a position where we're, we're just not going to be able to um, uh, have the, the backbone to respond as we need to. But I know that I, I that was a random, um, you know, tangent, but I do think the, Uh, What you're saying about hope in despairing times, um, you really have to kind of come back and say, define what hope is, because hope is not something that should be uh, determined by your circumstances. Right. And if we allow our hope to be simply what's happening around us, what we see um, in the world, then our hope is going to constantly fluctuate. Right? We're going to be going up and down. Um, and, and I think it's natural to experience that, but a Christian hope is something that's grounded, something that's firm because we're not trusting in our circumstances. We're trusting in, in the God who sovereignly ordains those circumstances. And so we can look at his attributes. You know, like when, when everything's falling apart around us, we can, we can consider the attributes of God and see one who's immutable, one who's unchangeable, you know, in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. And we can can reflect upon those attributes and be filled with the kind of confidence that's not in our circumstances, but obviously in the God who has placed us in these circumstances. Um, And that doesn't lead us to more despair. We might question why we're in those circumstances, but it doesn't, um, we can know and have confidence that God is doing something for his glory and for our good even in the midst of these despairing times. So,
0: yeah, I think what's hard though, is I think I'm, you know, I'm hearing that and it's like, like you and I went to first pres together and in Jackson, Mississippi. And I, I think if this was 2009 and 2010, and if our pastor Ligan Duncan was preaching that I would feel really encouraged going back home because I know that I have every, I have him and I have the, the other pastor, the Derek Thomas that would preach at night. And then I had this solid group of believers and I felt unified and I felt, I felt encouraged cause I looked around me and I was like, I'm not alone. I'm not doing this on myself. And so I could go out there and I could, I, what's interesting about today though, is that you have this element of abandonment and loneliness, which is real isolation, you know, just, just uh, this kind of, which brings up this kind of feeling of sadness, this uh, feeling like this, this, which also brings up a serious sense of despondency because when you're looking around, you're, you're even within the church. Now you have a lot of people that are, as you said, don't have the wherewithal, or the ability, or maybe the desire, or even, or maybe even the um, the backbone to stand up to what's going on right now out of fear. And so we have. I've never seen so much division before. And like you know, so I think that's what's just kind of interesting. Where I think a lot of Christians are feeling really left out because you, you know, I mean, I think you could look at. before the the election, you had a lot of people just like, you know, just not saying that Donald Trump was like, you know, Jesus's choice on earth, but just all of those things that were saying about where the far left was really kind of coming and where it is coming. There were significant portions of the church from Piper to Keller to all these other people as well that just kind of dabbled a little bit on that area, but were fine really penetrating the quote the the sins of the all right and i'll i don't want to get i won't get into too much of that i guess what i'm saying is um it just seems like that intimacy or that 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 connection that we once had like hey we're in this together has been really kind of blown apart which i think many people are really discouraged about you know it's just uh i don't know what you had to say about that just kind of
1: yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I get that it's we are in circumstances that are, like, yeah. I mean, everyone's been saying it all year, right? Unprecedented. Um, it. We're we're in unprecedented times, and the despair may be, at levels that it hasn't been in our nation, in centuries. I'm sure. Um. You know, like uh, they were. I did come across an article this uh, this afternoon that said that depression has tripled this year in response to COVID-19, just the, the effects of the lockdown and everything else. Um, and I think no one really is denying that, even those who are taking totally different approaches to to the virus, like there's, there's a recognition that people are just hurting, people are in uh, despair on all sides, honestly, it's not just, you know, conservatives that are in despair um i think obviously in response to the election that that has probably even gone up among conservatives to uh, a a degree that maybe beyond the three you know three times as as bad um on the year overall it, it maybe like five times as worse who knows but among conservatives i just think regardless the the way we we kind of Ourselves out of that, or, or, you know, we we don't just we don't just um, look at the circumstances differently. We don't just keep um, you know putting the circumstances before us. It's so, in fact, sometimes we just have to turn off the news, right? We have to turn off uh, the the uh, the input that we're receiving. Sometimes we got to shut down the social media and and get off of the things that are causing more despair um, or a hopelessness because it it can be extremely frustrating. It just compounds. But I would say that, you know, the first step is just to be honest about it. And so you're right. Like take, take an honest assessment of kind of the things that are discouraging you and then taking those to the Lord. And we, we see that in the Psalms. I love, I love using the Psalms for prayer. Um, you know, I, I looked at Psalm 42 says, uh, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I, when shall I come and appear before God? Uh, my tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the, all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul how I would go with a throng and lead them in procession in the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down? O my soul. And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And he goes on to just talk about that, right? The, the, the despair that he's experiencing is, is, is based upon the, inability he has to gather together with the saints you know to to re to reconnect with the people of God and to be encouraged um in their worship of God and i think that is absolutely part of what's happening among the church among the average churchgoer today because so many churches have have shut down and they've done things online and that doesn't mean they're not doing everything they can to shepherd and pastor Uh, their flock, but there is something about that tangible in-person gathering together that we need and that we need to, to spur one another on. And all you, it's not just the pastor that's doing the work on Sunday morning, right? It's everyone, it's everyone gathering and then, and then listening in and hearing, hearing one another, um, how we can pray for each other and bear one another's burdens. You lack all of that when you, when you say, well, we're just gonna meet online. Um, I, I think you lose far too much. And no doubt to me that among the Christian community, that is a, a significant factor in their depression. And there was a study by Barna that said, um, uh, just recently came out that said that the one community, the, the one segment of the population whose uh, mental health improved during this time were those who were regularly attending in-person worship. Inside or outside, that doesn't matter, but that in-person worship uh that their mental health improved. Like it wasn't a significant increase, but when everyone else is declining, that's a huge thing, a huge factor. Yeah. Um yeah. so anyways, I I'll let you uh take over. Yeah. No,
0: no, I think uh yeah, I think it's more I, I, yeah, I mean, as I, I guess, huh, yeah, I'm seeing it a lot as a clinician too. I mean, it's different um, because I think that what's going on is that you're having a, you, you're having, you're starting to see people's like worst diagnoses hmm. amplified. And so if somebody had neurotic OCD come tendencies, they're on the neurotic scale of personality traits. Maybe they're of seven out of ten. That's definitely gone up to like a twelve. People who are a little bit more controlling, um, you know. But in social gatherings, those personality traits are always buffered, you know. So if I am a kind of a neurotic, somewhat OCD guy, but ha- does have kind of a witty sense of humor, um, but I'm kind of an extra, but I'm somewhat of an introvert. When I have contact with extroverts who are a lot less neurotic and can kind of sharpen me, I get balance where I'm socially significantly more in tune with my environment. And so what we're seeing right now with the isolation and the loneliness is the lack of human touch, which, by the way, Mm. babies will actually die after like three days without being touched physically. You know and susan johnson the founder of emotion focused therapy says you know we're made for relationships and mm-hmm. i agree with her on that we need touch the uh, couples john gottman said that thrive the most are the ones that cuddle hmm. you know, i mean <laughs> he actually tell uh one of his biggest disagreements with esther perel was um the fact that she doesn't believe in cuddling <laughs> you
1: know so um she know,
0: doesn't I believe in it. it. Well, she doesn't think it's essential for relationships. And he, he had a serious qualm with that because, I mean, he did a lot of research on that. And cuddling is actually going to really save your marriage in a lot of ways, especially when you're not sexually, maybe not wanting to be with your partner in that, in that time, you know, for, for medical reasons or whatnot, Mm -hmm. Uh, you can do a lot of things, but anyway, going back on, you know, when it comes to personality traits, the personality traits are often buffered through social interaction and bio. So your biological traits are then kind of meeting the society, you know, your social interaction, plus your, your ongoing engagement with the community. And when you take away those Mm -hmm. aspects, you get the worst of people. Um, And then you get the worst of people on an online forum Of kind of like a a, you know basically a matrix that constantly tells you what you want to hear and so you amplify your own quote worst traits in -hmm. that type of matrix and that's the one that we're seeing online and so you know it it only furthers more the emotional intense alienation that we're going to feel inside and so you take that and then you go on to say for example online church you know, you're getting that same kind of, that, that, that same medium that isn't necessarily separating you from your social context. And then you're Mm -hmm. going back and you're alienating yourself even more and more. And then people are like, well, where's God in the midst of that? Because the context of loving God and loving your neighbor are mutually, I believe, inclusive. You can't do one without the other. Jesus was very uncomfortable separating one with the other. And it wasn't just like love God. And then Loving your neighbor will trickle down if you love God enough. Right. That's the one main disagreement I had a lot with my old Presbyterian friends. They just kind of assumed, well, you would just love God and you just preach the word. Right. Loving your neighbor right. will trickle down. That's dead wrong according to the Scripture. It's actually they're they're both they're both and you can't mm-hmm. separate. And Jesus, I think, said that because it was like he knew the Pharisees were were kind. They were very good at separating those two things, mm-hmm. and they really kind of thought that they could kind of get away with it. And that's why he said, well, you need to also, you know, love your neighbor. And this is how it looks like, you know, these three people pass the guy that's sitting on the, you know, on the, you know, on the highway, one guy's a Pharisee, one's a Levite. They just pass them by. And then, you know, one is a, one, one's, um, one's a Samaritan and which one actually asked, you know, which one was it? And they were even uncomfortable with that question. Anyway, where I'm getting at is just that when you take all that away, really doesn't amplify the, the isolation that I think we're feeling. And I don't want to negate that because I think right now it's like, how, what, should yeah. huh, right. you know, what should we say? Right. What should we say? I like yeah. what you're saying though because we need to we need to focus on the character of God. But like, how do you do that outside of? Well, self? yeah. I,
1: I think what you're pushing back on, and, and so I would just clarify what I mean. I'm not trying to say it's not a big deal what you're going through. Ignore your oh, circumstances. circumstances. I, I mean, I. Back. Yeah, I, I think I think one of the best things we can do is simply listen to each other, right? Is be there for someone, and if you can't be there in person, certainly make a phone call. Do everything you can to make it more personal um, as much as you can, instead of just a text message or a comment on social media. Um, I think those those things are are important, and that's what we see happening. You know, for instance, in Job <laughs> going through one of the most despairing experiences of any human in history. And he takes, uh, you know, the the best reaction of his friends is the very beginning when all they did was showed up and listened or, or just sat and wept with him. Right. And, and uh, once they started opening their mouths to talk, they, they got into trouble. <laughs> Um, because they started trying to justify why he was experiencing the problems he was experiencing and trying to to say, well, it must be because you're sinful. It must be because you're not thinking about God rightly. It must be because of whatever, you know, just it it was all about trying to explain the circumstances. And we can't always do that. So part of knowing that knowing God rightly is that we would properly put him sovereign and and then and then increase our trust in his goodness, even in the midst of our own suffering. Um, and I, that's, I'm not suggesting that that's easy, I, but oh, I yeah. would just so say that I it, was that's, pushback. it was like, just kind yeah. yeah, no, sure. I think it's right. I think it's good though. Like uh, I think the, I don't want to come across like that. And, and if, the, if there's any sense that people are hearing that, then I think you have to, you, you I want to clarify, but, um, no, I just, I just think you have to start there with a proper understanding of hope mm-hmm. and, and hope in something that is, that is grounded and firm and not changing. Your circumstances cannot be that for you right, right. Uh, because they're constantly going to change. But in those changing circumstances, where do you go? Well, you, you go to God in, in, uh, in prayer and you're honest before him. You, you, uh, you cry out to him in despair. Mm -hmm. And you know that he's there listening and that he's with you um, Mm -hmm. in that suffering um, and that you're you're actually gaining a a greater insight into, um, you know, the the savior and his suffering on our behalf. And so there's something there's something sanctifying about our suffering uh, in that sense. But, you know, I I think. um, So I just in terms of thinking through what do we do to pull uh, to to kind of refocus our minds, you know, so that we go through these trials and tribulations in a way that's actually healthy and productive. Um, the last thing we want to do is isolate ourselves further and keep it to ourselves, right? To either to be dishonest with others when they ask us how we're doing and say, uh, I'm fine. You're, we're good. Uh, you know, um, so to be dishonest about that, certainly before God, but also with one another. And then I think, um, you know, meditating on, on things that are true, lovely, good, pleasant. You know, Philippians 4, this idea that that if you're just filling your mind with things that are discouraging, then what do you expect? <laughs> but right. to be discouraged. Yeah. Uh, you've got to start replacing your your inputs with something that is more hopeful and and rewarding
0: well and also too yeah i like what you're saying i mean yeah absolutely and i i don't want to no i i like um no i didn't think you were being insensitive or <laughs> but i sure do want a too i wanted to add to that was was you know just like looking over that passage in habakkuk because sometimes god takes the fear even more so that we become more resilient you know, I mean, going back in that passage, right after Jack um, hmm. says that, you know, he says, you know, why why do you put up with wrongdoing? In other words, why do you just look at it and just kind of put up with it? Destruction and violence comfort me. Conflict is present. And one must endure strife. And law lacks power. Indeed, the wicked intimidate the innocent. for so there's a reason justice perverted. And then right after that, God says, look upon the nations. I'm going to have you. You're going to be totally shocked and amazed. And I'm actually about to empower the Babylonians. Um, and I'm going to make you know that ruthless and greedy nation. They're going to sweep across the earth, and they're going to just take things that don't even belong to them. And they are frightening, and they are terrifying. In other words, God says to to Habakkuk, it's like, hey, you haven't even seen anything yet. It's going to get right. a lot worse. That nation right over there, um, and there you could read a lot of commentaries on like the things that Babylonian culture would do when they would take over. It's pretty, pretty, pretty awful stuff, you know. So. And and then he, it's almost like he he's he's getting him ready to 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 say, you know, yeah, you're suffering now, but guess what? There's going to be significantly worse, and I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you about it. And it's I do think there's maybe an element of that that sometimes goes on when we feel this way. It's never as bad as it really could be, and the question really should be, not so much why bad things are so bad, but why aren't mm-hmm. Yeah. And I found that that to be a very good even just a, from a counseling perspective a very good kind of like a cognitive behavioral anecdote that I say to myself because it gets me out of my complaining spirit. It's the, the mm-hmm. question is not like why things are so terrible it's like you know <laughs> why is it why isn't it worse than it should be. You know what I mean? Like why right. it should be it should be wor- you know, it should it should be um much 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 worse and it very well could be. You know, and so we
1: don't know. <laughs> right. So oh, I like this way. I like this way better. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm still kind of around. You must, you must have a very wide screen. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, so yeah. You appreciate the yeah the full <laughs> right <laughs> view. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I, what do you what do you say to someone who comes into your uh you know who who schedules an appointment because they're they're just unable to kind of get out of a funk or they're just, they're in despair for something. And it seems like everything is just compounding on that. Uh, Do you, what's, what's kind of your first step or what are, what are you hoping to do in that first meeting?
0: Well, the first thing is probably, you know, what are they focused on? Usually it comes from a place where people are, are focused on things that they simply cannot control. Um, I do think, and I like what you're saying earlier about like the kind of news that we, that, you know, we, we partake in. i I, I, I think if you are going back to Gottman again, he said, you know, he has this thing called five to one ratio with relationships. You know, every, com, every criticism that you make to your partner, you need to replace it with five, com, um, compliments affirmations. Or, like or affirmations or yeah. affirmations, relations, relationally. That's how, that's how marriages tend to benefit and they, and I often will ask people kind of like, you know, what's your, what's your ratio? And if you're focused on 20 things that you simply can never, ever, ever change, and maybe just one thing that you can, that is going to just weigh you down with a burden that you can never carry. So let's, let's focus incrementally. And Jordan Peterson makes this point. It's like, you really can't change the world unless you clean your damn room. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's actually really really hard to clean your room. Um, it's a, but it's it's so good for your mental health when you do it. When you just focus mm-hmm. on the small teeny tiny increments, and there's a really good book out there called Atomic Habits that talks about things. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, so, James Clear. Yeah, by James Clear, and he talks a lot about that. Like you have you can't think about the end goal. You have to think about your life incrementally, and so one teeny tiny step at a time. So clinically, I've seen people drastically improve when they go from that mindset to a different mindset. A lot of it is a mindset. It's Uh, like the
1: baby steps from, uh, you know, what about Bob, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) Sure, I learned. I learned so much from that movie. Okay, great!
0: Oh man, I love that. that's one of my favorite. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, I, I watch a movie with my wife like twice a week, and I, tonight's movie night possibly, or tomorrow is because I'm on. Yeah, I may watch that. Yeah. I think. I, what I about to,
1: Bob, man? What about Bob's? So yeah. so good. It's and fantastic. the baby steps. Yeah, I think it. I uh, mean, <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, not quite not quite that. You know that. You
0: know, <laughs> you know, quite, but, yeah, maybe oh, not quite
1: that French. Oh yeah.
0: yeah, I think that you know it's so well, funny one of the writers was actually a, I think he had some practice in therapy or maybe he had like 20 years of therapy himself. It was so well done. You could tell, like he, he definitely knew the language really, really, whoever wrote that. So, um, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I I, I, kind of talk, you know, it's, it's a mindset because, you know, today, um, with social media and, you know, the things that we focus on are significantly, um, more, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess they they seem so foreign to our ability for our ability to mani- for, for our ability to man- manipulate and improvise mm-hmm. um, so going back on you know because we we have to this is why art is so good for people and why creativity is so good for people is because they could see these kind of teeny tiny creations and they they feel really good afterwards. when you're always on Facebook, when you're always watching the news, there's absolutely no interaction. It's all passive, and all it's doing is just building that second part of our brain, the amygdala, the reactivity. It's just recycl- recycling itself more and more. But there's very little I can actually do. The election is over. Yeah, I can I can make a little protest and do stuff like that. Right. But most, you know, most of the stuff that I say maybe on Facebook has it really changed anybody? Probably not. Will it? No, not necessarily. Maybe podcasts will, conversations will, absolutely, because we're actually communicating. We're communicating ideas for a really long time. But you know, I so I I try to help people kind of focus on the smaller aspects and what they can control, hmm. um, paying attention to the person that, um, you know, I mean, you were just kind of alluding this, getting getting away from your own, your just your just your own depression, mm-hmm. and focusing outward on somebody that may need some real compassion out there. So yeah. How about for you, as a pastor? I mean, no, you- that's
1: a. I mean, that's good. I I think you know, like I said, I I always take them to the Psalms, and I say, here's some prayer language. Start using the Psalms in your prayer, and um, and cry out to the Lord, and with with honest with honest appeals. Um, I I also think um, I I really like what you said just about taking taking the focus off of your own. Um, situation and finding ways to serve others that actually brings you up as well right because you're 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 aware that you're not the only one going through pain and and trials and for whatever reason as you begin to love others and and serve others the lord the lord fills you up with kind of a contentment and i think you know i being being reformed i think i i also have an appreciation for just meditating and, th- and uh, about god and his attributes and and then applying them in your life so like recognizing kind of the, one of the ways we we learn to be content is is by resting in in god's goodness and you know uh if we're restless if we're constantly worried and anxious then there's a good chance we're not taking a whole lot of time to just quietly spend time with the Lord, you know, and and to calm our anxious thoughts and our fears. Uh, taking time to journal out our prayers, I think that can be really helpful. Um, it, sometimes you don't, you just don't know what to say or pray, um, and so again, going to the Psalms to help with that. But also, I think writing it down can be a great uh, kind of meditative process because it slows you down. Um, you're not just sitting there mindlessly praying, but you're actually intentionally trying to put a a thought together. And sometimes that can help. Um, but you know, I think, I think one of the best things we can do is just be around other people. Yeah. Uh, be around those who can sympathize with us, who will who will have compassion, and um, who will allow us to be honest with them? Uh, I think that that's that's something that right now is is needed, and probably is I, I would say maybe the main factor in in the the skyrocket in depression is just that people are not around one another as often, and um, that isolation. Well, is, and compounded. what you're saying, like when you started the the, the the podcast, you could judge for it, right?
0: You know. If you hang going yeah, me out there, you're yeah. Gonna judge, you're going to get looks, you're going to get some lecture from somebody else. How dare you? You know, it's, uh, we're, uh, you know, we're killing ourselves by not getting COVID
1: in a lot of ways. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah like the it. cure has been worse than the disease for sure. In my opinion, but you know, well, yeah, no, I think this is just like one of those, you know,
0: I, I wanted to say hello to everybody. And cause I think a lot of us are, you know, I think I, I, I I've definitely had some funks this year. I haven't, I'm not in a funk now. I think I was, I just got out of one. I'm getting out of it. <laughs> you know, it took a while. And actually I, I shared that a few podcasts ago. It was really mm-hmm. going back to
1: church. That's uh, what I was going to say. No. I, you, you mentioned that. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was eight months. It was eight months, not, not partaking in the body. It's just, yeah. I haven't <laughs> experienced that since I was a non-Christian When i was just converted or excuse me not i i confessed but then i like just didn't enter into church for about a year and uh lived a pretty just kind of um let's just say prodigal lifestyle you know Mm. god's been merciful to me this year i mean i've just been home but it's still just like the depression just came back and it was hard and it was just uh, about two months ago. I just, I just said, we have to go. You, we would literally have to go. I, I can't do the online. I can't do the, no. I mean, I think we should probably end with uh, anything you want to encourage. If, if there is a listener that's like really, really discouraged right now. And um, I don't know if you want me to go first. You want to go first. <laughs> anything that you want to say to them? Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: well, if you've got, if you've got something on, on uh on your mind initially, go ahead and say that. and I'll- yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I think I wanted to say this too, because I, I, I wanted to, you know, say that we hear you and, uh, you know, we've, we've definitely been there. We felt that. And, uh, you know, we grieve with you. I mean, one of the beautiful things about Christianity is that we have a God that wept, you know, uh, Jesus, um, weeps, uh, you know, uh, twice. I think it's recorded in the Bible <laughs> you know. And so it's it's beautiful that we have the incarnation that's communicated to us. We have a god that's not just separate from our pain or um but hears our cries and even understands our cries from a very, you know, compassionate human in a human way because he's been there himself. And you know, I think of the passage where, you know, just where we're to cast our cares upon him for he cares for you. And um,
1: you know, and just
0: the but that suffering is is to be expected. And and what likely and also I, I like what you said earlier too is like the kingdom of God is always working underground. You know, if I could just kind of emphasize that. We don't really know what God has in store and it's not going to be through a policy, and it's not going to be through a leader that's ever going to stop his kingdom. You know, mm. it's going to be, it's it's unstoppable. And it only, if anything, it, it it thrives on it thrives on fire when people try to burn it down because it uses that fire to grow something greater. It's the only living thing that thrives through destruction because it overcomes chaos. It overcomes death. That's the beauty of the cross. It overcomes the very thing that everybody was terrified of, which is death, you know, and it's just, the Bible talks a lot about that, you know, and just, um, uh, man. So just stay, uh, I like, you know, stay as much as you can with things that you can control, but also on the God that, that can understand
1: and does understand your, your pain, you know? Yeah. 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 And I just, I just was thinking of um, Paul's experience, you know, so any, just about every letter talks about some element of his suffering uh, that he wrote to the New Testament church. And so he's a significant source of strength and encouragement in times of suffering. But in second Corinthians chapter seven, he says, make room in your hearts for us. This is verse two. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have taken advantage of no one. I do not say this to condemn you, for I say it for I said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. I am acting with great boldness towards you. I have great pride in you. I am filled with comfort in all our affliction. I am overflowing with joy. Because he's sort of clarifying the why, why he's had to be harsh uh, with them in, in correction and rebuke. Um, to this church that was, you know, uh, not not known for their compassion, not known for their uh, their purity, um, and, but verse five says, "For even when we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted in every turn, fighting without uh, and fear within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus." and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort with which he was comforted by you. As he told us of your longing, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced still more. For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I did not regret it. I did regret it, for I see that the letter grieved you, though only for a while. As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting, for you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. Anyways, he goes on to say just the the value that Titus was to him, a friend who could come and encourage him in his despair and in his own affliction, and then give him the confidence to get, to send back, you know, uh, to them, this letter, um, that's rejoicing in the fact that they were, they were tr- troubled by what Paul had said, but, but that they were troubled to repenting. And, um, There's something to that. I think when you get to the point where you think you have nothing to repent of, um, you're in a dangerous place. And so to be able to say, look, part of our suffering, we we don't want to get to the point where we think that it's just outside circumstances. No, there's something in ourselves that's allowing us to get so worked up and, and despair over our circumstances. It may need to be that we evaluate what we're trusting, what we're trying to find rest in, because if we're trying to find rest in politics, if we're trying to find rest in cultural um, ideologies, <laughs> man, boy, yeah. we are—we uh, uh, yeah. are just a shipwreck waiting to happen, you know. Yeah. So again, yeah. it just uh, maybe that passage just brings it all together to say, look, there's a there's an element of that interaction that we need. There's an element of trusting God in the circumstances, and then there's. Just a, an element of of being honest with one another and our own circumstances to say maybe we need to do some searching of our own hearts to 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 repent and to take some time to, um, you know, to to ask the Lord to reveal to us um, any wayward thoughts, any w- wickedness uh, that remains, or anything that that has become an idol, you know, that we've begun to put our trust in that rather than than God, uh, you know, so so all of that I think is relevant to what, what people are going through right now. Um, hmm. Anyways. Yeah, no, that's a, uh, well, what is it?
0: Habakkuk two, four, you know, look the, the, what does it say? The one whose um, desires are not upright is going to basically fall apart or faint from being exhausted. Hmm. <laughs> so hmm. I like that, but the person, of yeah. integrity, the person of integrity will live because of his faithfulness. Yeah, you that's know. good. And and yeah and and I wanted to say also too at the end of Habakkuk, since I'm talking a lot about this, there yeah. is a vision of the divine warrior that he has that you know I I have heard you um you know mm-hmm. I you know I've I, I I've heard you and he's our God is a warrior his splendor covers the skies his glory fills the earth it's not just in teeny tiny little COVID laws. You right. know, it, it's like wow. You know, um, yeah, it's so much brighter than that and uh, greater than that. I mean, even like when you look at plagues and pestilences and diseases and stuff like that, those are simply teeny little displays of of the battle that's going on. I mean, he's covering yeah. the whole thing and it's just. I think we need that vision you know it's just because it's very easy to kind of lose confidence when it's so focused on things falling apart because we're really focused on things that are, have a natural tendency to fall apart <laughs> <laughs> which they that uh, that's what materialism is so anyway <laughs> yeah, so no yeah. but uh,
1: yeah. Well, I I hope there was something there that can give some encouragement to people. I um I hope I hope there's there's a at least something there to take take away from yeah. that. And yeah, you I, know, I think it's 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 been something that for me. I know immediately after the election there was there was some discouragement and just a hyper Hyper focus upon all things politics, and like I couldn't even really study and prepare for sermons until later in the day because I was so caught up on the news, and um, and that I mean, so when I realized I'm not even, I'm just not not doing what the Lord has has called me to and gifted me for, and 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 it's it's not helping at all <laughs> uh, my emotional well being. So I think. Um, you know, just getting back to doing what God has gifted you for and called you yep. to as the church, but even as, as a believer, which, you know, it's, so the, the doctrine of vocation, like you've, you've mm-hmm. been, you've been given a, a way and a means to glorify God in your work. Um, even if it isn't, doesn't have to do with the church, right? You glorify him through your productivity. And, um, and so sometimes you just need to just get back to it. Right. Get back to focusing on the things that God has called you to and gifted you for. Right. Um, yeah. Anyways, I yeah, I look forward to, um, you know, continuing yeah. our conversation. I think we will get into the things that are discouraging as well. We we, we want to talk about stuff that is that is building right now because uh, that's adding to the tension that people feel and the pressure people feel. Um, not because we want to exacerbate the problem, but because we do want to some we want to. Show another way, right? We want to push back against people who are promoting Black Lives Matter and promote uh, individuals who who are doing something that's um, that's a more godly and compassionate approach uh, to to biblical justice and not just a social justice, um, you know, a, a form of justice that's that's really not biblical. Um, so, anyways, I. I because yeah. some some of what we're talking about here it's almost like we're we're saying stop listening to us <laughs> right like we're we're only going to make it worse if you keep listening to our podcast but it's not that's not our goal right our goal is not to add despair but it's to say that there's another way and hopefully by pointing out the problems in the logic and pointing out the theological challenges um, you know the ways in which something is inconsistent with scripture uh, we'll, we'll add a few more followers to, to push back against this cultural trend. Um, and you know, the Lord mm-hmm. will bless that or not, but, but we can honor him in the way we attempt to do that, you know, and yeah. we can do it with hope and, and confidence that we're at least, uh, you know, doing it for his glory. And, and, um, right. anyways, I yeah. Yeah. just wanted to- <laughs> No, I know. I I hear you. I need to
0: come up with something other than a black shirt, though. But I now, <laughs> I do have I do clean this, and, and uh, well, we
1: were all clean the last time, right? We got we yeah. yeah, looking sharp,
0: are. so yeah, both of us look it's a little bit. Sour. Sour. Yeah, um, I do like your background a whole lot more. It looks a lot better than that. I appreciate that. Man's office. It took uh, a lot
1: of work. <laughs> 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 yeah. Is it the same room? It is the same room. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah! Wow! Yeah no we we've done a lot of work to it It, i'm I'm happy with the way it looks but the church is sort of we just had carpet installed last week so my office was empty that's partly why we haven't been able to to have an episode just because i didn't have anything set up but we're getting back to to normal again um with the new and improved um remodeled not really remodeled but just improving the the carpet and then we're going to replace the windows and We should talk about vaccines next time. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, hey, uh, there is some interesting stuff going on with that. But, yeah, we don't have time to get into it now. No. Well, thanks for listening, everyone.
0: Thanks for – and please subscribe. And uh, we just kind of did it on the the fly. Yeah. Uh,
1: Merry Christmas. Focus on the the gospel, the encouraging word of, you know, the – just the birth of Christ. I think, I think even focusing, you know, what we've been doing this month is an Advent series um, where we've really emphasized the second coming, which most people focus obviously just on the birth of Christ during this time, but Advent is the appearing of the Lord. So it's, it's the appearing both at his first and at his return. I think it's this whole present age is, is, uh, something we should be considering: what is God up to right now, um, and and what is the hope we have of His return, which is to set all things right, to uh, separate the sheep from the goats once and for all, to bring us into the celestial city where we can uh, worship around the you know the throne of God with saints from every age prior and every age after us. Right, the, they, this hope that we have of our eternal inheritance needs to be on our minds right now. we need to keep that before us because the the things that that are offered to us in this world to try to increase our hope are temporary. In, in light of what what you know, what Christ has purchased for us and yeah. what He has guaranteed for us, and He's right. He's keeping and reserving that inheritance for us. Um, and so it's un unfading right um, anyways i just i love i i think we you can never stop talking and thinking about um, our future hope uh, mm. enough
0: no i agree 100
1: 100%. Random, i don't know why i didn't say that earlier but that's that was something on my mind uh, was just to say we yeah turn yeah. your thoughts to the future that is secured because of what christ has done for us
0: we should get uh, a yeah. right on the podcast yeah
1: well his his book on the resurrection is great on and on that the new heavens and new earth i i do like that oh it's very good yeah well thanks everyone yeah i appreciate yeah um the people yes thanks for joining us um all right we'll see you we'll see you next time